Good morning, Victory Faith, Victory Faith North, Victory Faith Valley. So good to be with you. We love you. We bless you. Um, I'm excited to be with you and share with you a word today. I have um, a message that's been on my heart for probably a year. One of those that it's just kind of bubbling and perking and thinking and hearing things out in our world. We are living in crazy times. I don't think anybody would argue with me about that. We are living in crazy times. I hear people saying up is down, right is left, good is evil, evil is good. I mean, is there a right and is there a wrong? And uh, can everybody be right? I, I hear people arguing one argument and both sides are saying, I'm right and this is the fact and I'm right and this is the fact. Um, this is truth and this is truth. And so how do we, in this crazy times, how do we know what is truth? So I wanna talk to you about that today and I'm, I'm believing for Holy Spirit to come right through and talk to you and to encourage you, strengthen you, and give you some wisdom and revelation. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. And this is what it says. Then we will no longer be immature like children. Isn't that what we all want? God, help us. Help us to not be immature like children. And this is how he describes what it's like to be a child in the kingdom of God. He says, we won't be tossed or blown about by every wind of new teaching. Do you know, I've walked with the Lord for over 40 years and there are seasons where there's just new doctrines, new thoughts, new ideas, new teachings coming along. And he says, come on, we don't wanna be blown about by every wind and doctrine. He says, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us. Do you know that the enemy is out there and people are out there that wanna trick us with lies, listen to this, lies that are so clever they sound like the truth. Wow. So we're not going to be influenced that. We're not going to be tricked by that, by lies that are so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So I guess an important question I have for us today is what is truth? What is the truth? We hear people saying on different sides of the of arguments, both of them saying, this is truth or this is my truth. And it reminds me of a time in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the book of Judges, and I want to share that with you today. In Judges 17, verse 6, and it says it several times in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And I tell you what, I believe that's the season we're in right now. More than I've seen in my lifetime here on earth is everyone doing what is right in their own eyes. Each person becoming a law unto themselves. And what happens when that takes place? Evil is all over the place. Uh, it's widespread evil uh, is a result of that. See, what people do in that time is they stand in the place of God. They stand in God's place deciding what's wrong and what's right. And most of their thoughts or beliefs are not compatible with the kingdom of God. And that's what I'm going to talk to us about today. Many of their beliefs in that type of season were directly opposed to the kingdom of God. And we don't want to, you and I, we're not going to decide what truth is. God has decided what truth is, and we're going to discover what truth is. So that's what we're going to talk about. So he says in verse 17 there, he says that every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And so the very next chapter, chapter 18, he gives us some examples of what that looks like. And it, this is what it is. There's three scenes that take place in chapter 18. The first one is, I'm going to call it personal 
apostasy. And apostasy is when someone walks away from God or walks away from God's truth. And there's a man by the name of Micah in this 18th chapter, and he steals 1,100 silver pieces of silver from his mother. He steals 1,100 pieces of silver from his mother. And he, wasn't, he wouldn't tell her except she pronounces a curse over whoever take it. And then he goes, well, mom, uh, you know what? I took it. And uh, it just shows that he is out for his own interest. Then another one is tribal apostasy. There's a tribe by the name of Dan. And they go into a territory that doesn't belong to them. And they do what's right in their own eyes. And they conquer and kill a bunch of people and take over a region. And then there's, I'll call it a Levitical priest. There is a priest in Micah's house. And he's supposed to be a priest. It's not even a biblical priest. But he's supposed to be a priest to Micah. And along come these men from the tribe of Dan. And they offer him more money. And they, he goes with them. So here we see a pattern when people are doing what is right in their own eyes. It's self-serving, self-seeking, and that's what, that's what happens. And I can back it up with you with Romans chapter 2, verse 8. Listen to this. But to those who are self-seeking, that's what I'm talking about, and do not obey the truth. So in the Bible, one of the things it tells us, if I'm seeking my own self and my own self-interests, that's one of the manifestations or an example of not following the truth. So... What would be equivalent to that today? So we're looked, we looked at the Old Testament, got that from the Old Testament. What would that be like in America today, 2021? Well, it would be this. People would be going by their feelings. People would be going by what they call the truth. Or it's popular today to say, my truth. There's celebrities out there that are saying things like, the best tool you have in your life is to speak your truth. And so I just want to talk about that a little bit. And my truth would probably be something more like my experience, my feelings, the things that I've been through, my story, and your experience and your story can be valid, but it doesn't mean that it's the truth. And I'm not saying deny your experiencing, I'm not saying deny your story, uh, but we need to understand that our stories can be very subjective. Just because we believe something is true doesn't make it true. I think we all know that, but sometimes we need to hear that. And yet we live in a day and an age when people in and of themselves are declaring what truth is. And it often sounds like this. I feel like this, so this is the truth. This is the truth. And so uh, I'll give you an example out of Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 24 and 25. Listen what it says. Because we're going to talk about some people that had the truth, but they exchanged it for something else. It says, therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Verse 25, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Wow. So we can take God's truth and the Bible tells me I can exchange it for a lie and come, with, come up with what I think is true. Not what God said is true, but what I think is true. And it's very interesting. This scripture is telling us one of the areas that happens is in sexuality, that we can take God's truth and exchange it for a lie. And he says, and then they worshiped and served the created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. In 2 Timothy verses, verse 3 and 8, it says that certain people resisted the truth. 
So we just have heard in these two portions of scripture that we can exchange the truth of God for a lie or we can resist the truth. So another great question is, how do we know what the truth is? How do we know what the truth is? Is there any such thing as the truth, the truth? And thank goodness, Jesus came to us and Jesus said this, I am the way, you want to fill in the rest? I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So thank goodness that tells me there is truth. There is the truth that we can find out. So let me take you to a really cool scripture about that. John chapter 8 verse 31. It says this, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide or continue in my word, you are my disciples. You are my disciples. Remember, we've been talking this year about being disciples. And it's so important to understand true disciples of Jesus Christ are always in the word. They're meditating on the word. They're reading the word. This one here says, if you abide, which means you continue in the word. And we're going to find out that if I don't abide in God's word and it's always in me, it's around me, it's, I'm seeing it, I'm praying it, I'm getting to know it better, then somebody else can tell me something that's the truth, they say is the truth, and I might believe it unless I've been in God's word and know that it's not the truth. So let me read that again. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide or continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Now listen to this. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Oh, we're gonna have some fun with this. We're gonna break out and do some word studies in this. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I love it. So here's what we know right now. It is possible to know the truth. It's possible to know the truth. So we're also finding out, I wanna repeat this, in the year of discipleship at Victory Faith, if I am gonna be a true disciple of Jesus, the word is gonna be playing a big part in my life, an important part in my life. So I wanna do some word studies. In that where he said, you're gonna know the truth. The word for truth there, it's English, says truth. Well, we might think number of things, but it, it is a Greek word translated. And the Greek word for truth there is aletheia, aletheia. Aletheia probably is my better way to pronounce it. Aletheia. And this is what it means. I discovered this, this definition of this word probably 30 plus years ago. And it changed so many things for me. Listen what this word. He says, you're going to know aletheia. You're going to know the truth. And listen what the definition is for it. It is this. The reality that existed in the original norm. The reality that existed in the original norm. That's what aletheia or the truth means. So what, what we're gonna do is he's saying, if you're gonna be in my word, you're gonna discover and know how it was in the beginning, how, how I set things up, how things are supposed to operate, how things are supposed to work. So when we discover the truth, we're gonna discover aletheia, we're gonna discover what was the reality in the original norm. I love that. So in other words, he's saying, you got to get to know Aletheia. You need to get to know Aletheia. Um, you know, with, with mankind, with humanity, truth can change. Truth can change. It, it can be, this can be truth one day, and then the next day it changes. Uh, an example of that is um, 
when we go back to Washington, D.C., and we're walking through the Capitol building and we go down into the basement to the original chambers, Supreme Court chambers, when we go down there and we talk about how they had church services in there on Sunday, which I love, there's a, a bust or a statue of a, a former Supreme Court justice. He was the fifth uh, chief justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, and his name was Roger Taney. And because I know a little bit about history, every time I walk by him, I go, oh, buddy, History's not too good to you because you thought something was truth that it wasn't. And what he did was um, he, they had a court case come before the Supreme Court called the Dred Scott court case. And it was about slavery. And Roger Taney wrote the majority uh, decision about it. And he said in his decision, what they came back with was slavery was okay. Slavery was okay. And now here, looking back on it, we go, oh my gosh, how could you do that? But later down the road, that changed. And, and, and now today we know, no, of course, slavery is not correct. But I, I, it's so interesting to see that the highest seat of, of law in our land at one time said, this is okay. And today it says it's not okay. But with God, truth doesn't change. Truth doesn't change. So listen what this says in uh, John 17, verse 17, it says, sanctify them by aletheia, sanctify them by the truth. And listen what it says, your word is truth. Your word, God, your word is aletheia. Your word, God, is the reality that existed in the original norm. See, we live in a world that's trying to change all around us, but we have God's word and God's word tells us how things were in the beginning. God's word says this was reality in the original norm and God doesn't change. God's truth does not change. I love that. So the scripture told me, aletheia or the truth will set me free. Knowing the truth will set me free and your word is aletheia. Jesus said, I am the way, the aletheia, the truth, and the life. So let me talk about that a little bit. Jesus, your word is aletheia. Your word is aletheia. The word is the truth that is gonna restore my soul. Well, Craig, what, what, what are you talking about? Truth, truth about what? The truth about your future. I, you may be going through all kinds of circumstances. You may have hell going on all around you, but God's truth does not change. God's truth about your future is he has a future and a plan for you. He, his plans for you are to prosper you and to bless you, to give you a future and a hope. That has not changed and that will never change. That is God's truth. It may feel like, I, I, might, I might get in a place where I f don't feel like this is gonna happen or this is gonna go on, but God says, no, this is my truth in that area. Uh, how about the truth of who you are? The truth of who you are. You are a blood-bought son or daughter of the kingdom of God. And, and that will never change. That will never change. Somebody might say something about you, but it's not the truth. God's truth for you is you are the head and not the tail. You are the beloved of God. How about this? The truth about who God is. People are always going to be trying to tell us who God is and what God is like, but we have the word of God that tells us our God is a merciful God. His mercies are new every morning. His mercy endures forever. He's full of mercy. He's seated on a throne of mercy. Our God wants to give us what we don't deserve. He is a God of mercy, and that is truth, and it will never change. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. How about the truth of how we're supposed to live? In one place he says, come out from among them and be separate. Don't lie, speak the truth. Love your neighbor. It says that you're supposed to love your enemy. 
That will never change. That is God's truth. How about the truth about how much we are loved? The Bible says that he loves us just like he loves his son, Jesus. That is truth. It might not feel like it at times, but that's the truth. Now let's jump into our culture and society a little bit. What is marriage and who is marriage between? The Bible tells us that. The truth is, what was the original norm, the reality in the original norm? Here's another question. Who is a man? Who is a woman? Is it what culture says right now? Or is it what God said truth was? What, was it, is it the reality that existed in the original norm? Here's another one. Uh, our culture our, in America, that's where we're at, I'm at right now, is in America, we are moving more and more towards a socialist culture, socialist lifestyle, trying to, by outward forces of government and people, to make everybody equal. And everybody should have equal. And now oh, I could say a whole bunch of things that probably just get me in trouble and I'll just stay off that for right now. But in the midst of that, that's not the economy of heaven. I want to just give you a couple examples. God's word says, if you don't work, you don't eat. That's definitely not the culture we're living in today. In another example, Jesus tells a story about a master giving out talents to different people. One man multiplied it, another guy multiplied it, and then one person took their one talent, they had the least amount of talents, money, and they stuck it in the ground and then gave it back to him. And so now here's that person standing there having nothing because they gave it back to him. And what does God do? He takes that one talent and he says, give it to the guy that multiplied it the most. Oh, that would, people would have conniptions in a socialist government over that statement right there. But that's the kingdom of God. He is looking for people that will bear much fruit. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> Get me all excited about it. So uh, our beliefs can come from so many places, so many areas. There are right today in our current day culture we can get beliefs of what everybody's saying around us now in culture. And a lot of it is not in alignment with the kingdom of God. A lot of it is not in alignment with God's truth. Another area, our, our own experiences, the things that you and I have been through, they can try and tell us what truth is, but how does it line up with God's truth, the kingdom of God? How about education? Our education system today is trying to tell people what's truth. How does it line up with the kingdom of God? How does it line up with the truth of the word of God? Our family history, because of things that our family's been through, can try and tell us what is truth. But again, it always has to be lined up. How does that line up with the aletheia, the truth of the kingdom of God? The only place to find the truth is with Jesus and his word. And again, that's why God he knows it's so important that you and I are getting in the word of God and that we are understanding what is the truth in the kingdom of God. So the Bible said, we read that verse and it said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But it's so important to understand it's the truth that I know that will set me free. Truth just sitting out there by itself is not gonna set me free. The truth that I know will set me free. Now listen what the Greek word for know, because it gives us a whole bunch of description of what it means to know, aletheia, to know the truth. And it's three parts. Number one, it's the Greek word ginosko. Say ginosko with me. 
Gnosko. Gnosko, and listen to the three parts. It's, it's just, we might think to know something means one thing, but the, the definition here tells us that there's a lot to this word to know the truth. The first thing is, it's a relational knowledge. You must have relationship with the truth. And so what did we find out? Aletheia, the, the truth is the word. Jesus is the truth. And so we need to have ongoing relationship and it's an intimate relationship. It's the same word used where it says Joseph knew his wife. It's, it's a, a word of intimacy. So there should be an intimacy in me getting to know God through his word. The second thing about this word gnosko, it is a progressive knowledge. What that means is I should know more about Aletheia, I should know more about Jesus today than I did yesterday. If we're going to truly know the truth, it's going to be a progression in us and we're going to get to know God more and more each day. And the third thing is, it is an effectual knowledge. Craig, what do you mean by that? An effectual knowledge means the more I know the truth, the more it changes me. I am changed by Aletheia. I am changed. The more I know who Jesus is, the more I know what reality was in the original norm, it changes me. So, so this word gnosko, you shall know the truth, means that, that I should have intimate relationship with the word of God. I should, have, I should be growing and knowing the truth more and more each day. And as I know more of the truth, it should be changing me so that I think different, so that I act different, so that I love different, so that I speak different. That's what should be happening in me. Listen to this in Romans 12 too. I love this. Great verse. It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Let me read that again. Stop. Just stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Can you hear the scripture saying that? Just stop it. Stop it. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. That's so good. I'm going to read it again. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I love it. So Craig, why are we talking so much about truth? Why, what's the big deal? Why are we talking so much about truth? Why is it so important that we talk about it? Because more and more people around us in our culture today are doing what is right in their own eyes. And what's happening is that self-seeking, it is it's bringing damage and destruction into our culture. And many of them are calling it the truth or calling it their truth. And if what, here's what's happening, I see more and more in our culture. If you don't agree with their truth or see it like they see it, you get bullied, you get shamed, or and you get canceled. That's what I'm seeing happen all around us in culture. See, my truth can get become elevated to the point that my perspective is indisputable. Don't even try and argue with me about my truth. You must accept it as fact. And there's a lot of that going on in our culture right now, especially in social media. And I'm going to show you maybe a little bit more of what's behind the curtain with that statement, my truth. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the Urban Dictionary. I'm going to quote you out of the Urban Dictionary. It's not Merriam-Webster's. The Urban Dictionary is an online dictionary for slang words and terms that are being used today. So I look up the term, my truth, 
in the Urban Dictionary and listen what it says. Pretentious substitute for non-negotiable personal opinion. That's so good. I'm going to say it again. Pretentious substitute for non-negotiable personal opinion. Listen to what it says. Often used by academics, this is a convenient phrase for avoiding arguments because people can contradict your opinion but not your truth. Wow. The phrase is often used when seeking to justify a controversial personal stance or action because people are not allowed to argue with your truth. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It says it well. Let me give you an example. There's a gentleman, 69-year-old man that lives in the Netherlands, and he petitioned the courts in the Netherlands to legally change his age from 69 to 49. Why? Because he felt 49 instead of 69. Now, to some of us, that might sound foolish, but to him, he was absolutely sincere that I, I, I should be able to say I'm 49 legally because I feel 49. That was his truth. And another thing he said gives it away a little bit. He said he felt it would give him a boost in life and help him on dating apps. See, people can say, I feel like, but it doesn't make it the truth. You can feel, I can feel many things, but how does it line up with God's word is the question. Let me finish with this thought. True north. Many of you probably heard that term, true north. True north is a direction along the earth's surface that points to true North Pole or geographic North Pole. It is different from magnetic North. True North is different from magnetic North. Now, GPS, global positioning systems, your phone, your apps, airplanes, cars, uh, navigation systems work off of true North. They work off true North, not, not magnetic North. It is a fixed point. It is a known point. It is agreed upon. But if you were sitting on an airplane one day and you're getting ready to take off and the pilot came on and said, you know what? I'm going to turn my instruments off today. I just feel like I know better than my instruments where we're supposed to be going. I, I know the instruments are locked into true north, but, but I, I have a feeling and I'm going to go by feelings today to fly our airplane you better get off that airplane really fast <laughs> because that's much of what's happening in our culture today. You don't want to get in that airplane with that person. You know, we, we have people around us trying to tell us what truth is. And we want to know, God, what is your truth? What is the truth? We don't, remember that first scripture we read, we don't want to be blown around by every wind of doctrine, every new teaching coming out. God, what is your truth? What is the reality that existed in the original norm? You know, sometimes people, I'll just give you one last example. People try and tell you what is God's love? What, well, does God really love us? And they might say out of their experience, God doesn't love me. God doesn't love us. And that's their truth. But what is the truth? What is the truth in that area? I want to tell you what the truth is. God's love is indisputable. God's love is undeniable. God's love is unquestionable. God's love is unmerited and it's unequaled. God's love is true. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, there's a beautiful verse that tells us, remember we're going back to what is the reality in the original norm. Listen what this says in 1 Peter 1. It says, Jesus' blood 
was foreordained, ordained before, foreordained before the foundation of the world. Before you and I showed up, before the world was here, it was foreordained that the blood of Jesus would be shed for us. God knew what was coming down the road, and so he loved us so much before we were even here. He foreordained that his very own son, his blood would be shed so that we could be forgiven of our sins and that we could come back into relationship with Almighty God. That is the truth. That is the reality that existed in the original norm. So if somebody tries to tell me God doesn't love, I I would take them to that verse and say, no, God loved us so much. He had a plan from the very beginning that when we got off course, he would send his son because he loves us. Listen, Victory Faith, I love you. The truth is knowable. We're hearing so many things about what people feel. We're having winds of doctrines and new teachings and ideas trying to blow us around. But that's why we as true disciples of Jesus are going to continue in his word. And we're going to know the truth. And the truth that we know is going to set us free. We're going we're to get to know intimately the word of God, so that when we hear strange things or new teachings, we can know, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with the reality that existed in the original norm. We're gonna uh, get to know the word intimately and God intimately, and then we're gonna need to grow. I should know Jesus better today than I knew him yesterday. And that's gonna be knowing the truth. And then I'm also, as, as I grow with him and his truth, and I find out more of the reality that existed in the original norm, it's gonna change me. And it's gonna change you. And you know what? The closer we walk to God's truth, the better life's gonna be. That's his promises in his words. That the closer we walk with him, as we align ourselves with his truth, as we align ourselves with the kingdom of God, our lives are going to be a greater success and our lives are going to be more, more better. More better. They're going to be blessed and they're going to be better than they would have been. The truth is knowable. It's God's word. It's the name of Jesus and all the power in it. And the truth is, what did God set things up and how did he want them to work? I love you, Victory Faith. I love you and I bless you. Um, And I just pray, Father, I pray over each one hearing these words. I ask that, God, you would speak to us about learning the balance of our feelings, that though something may feel this way, doesn't make it true. And even though I may feel something or I've experienced something, and it doesn't make it the truth, that, God, I go into your word and I find out what your truth is and I let it change me. And I don't live... And, and judge things according to my experience or my feelings. But God, I judge it according to your word. See, the world, the culture out there is trying to tell us, here's one other example. Culture out there is trying to tell us there's only two categories of people. Either you're oppressed or you're the oppressor. That's what culture right now in many areas is trying to tell us. You, two categories, that's all you get to fit in. You're either the oppressed category or you're the oppressor. And that's not the truth of God. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And God has called us to be liberators, to set people free. If there are people who are oppressed, and they are, that we would go and give our lives for them and help get them set free. I love you, Victory Faith. 
Thanks for being here. I pray blessing over you, over your families. I ask God, let this word sink into our spirits. Let us search it out in the word and God, let it, let it, let us get to know it better. Let it change us. Let it, let us grow in it every day. I love you, Victory Faith. Bless you.